From Bureaucracy's Basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meet to file recommendations, make reports, and survive on water that drips from the boiler pipe into our open mouths as we sleep on a bed of top matrix printer paper. Maybe one day we'll escape from the subterranean hell that is this basement, but until that day comes, this city is not going to improve itself. So, here we stay. Improving things. This meeting is now in session. Hello. Hello. How are you holding up? Oh man, I have been, I have been doing great. I have just been, uh, I've been getting out of the basement and wandering around our downtown, thinking. Say what you will about the downtown, but there isn't a gigantic stadium cluttering the mess up. So, so I, I rest like easy and secure in that knowledge. Oh, well. Well, I know there was some talk about it, but there was that survey and the public was pretty unanimously not in favor of an arena in the downtown. Uh, And I know that point of the survey was to really seriously get the opinion of the public. So I'm pretty sure they'll listen. Um, Yeah, you'd have to be crazy cuckoo banana pants to say, let's put put a, a stadium or an arena in our downtown. I know. Uh, after the kind of like unanimity in the public about how they just don't want one there. Now, the only the only scenarios in which I can see them still going ahead with it is if um, some of the members of the Chamber of Commerce like it or if they just want to do it anyway and they don't really care about what people say. Oh, phew. Um, well, actually, I have some bad news. Yeah, I uh, I spent some days, I spent some time today in, down in the old catalyst mines. Oh, man. Digging up those um, catalysts, catalysts, yeah. catalytic converters. Yeah, yeah. And we've been, they, they, they've all been dug up and <laughs> we, we, we put them in the, we put them in the uh, forge and they came out as a big report. Wow. And uh, everybody got to see it. And uh, it was a big report. Big, big meaty report. Big, big honking slab of, of reportage. Yeah. So, yeah, that came out on, well, we're what? It's Tuesday. The report came out on Friday. And it's going to be going to executive committee meetings tomorrow. And uh, it was huge. It was like 170 pages just for the base report. And it was it wasn't like one of these... You know those standard city hall reports you can kind of read really quickly because most of it's just been cut and pasted from other reports. And so if you read mm-hmm. the first three, three words of a paragraph, you know where it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, But this one wasn't like that. You kind of, there was a lot of stuff in there. And then there was like 530 pages of appendices on top of that. So it was, a seven, I think wow. it was a 707 page report in the end and like no human being could read that well i maybe some could but uh, i didn't i couldn't read all i couldn't read all 707 pages but uh yeah it was the the, the meat of it the really meaty part was like 21 mm. recommendations came out of this and uh yeah they're 
they're interesting because uh, I think one of the one of the recommendations that a lot of people would be interested in is like a, what happened with the arena, and the recommendation is build an arena and build it downtown. Whoa! What well, I'm I'm shocked that they've that they went through with this recommendation. Are you really? <laughs> no, no, I am not really shocked. I'm doing a bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm completely unsurprised that this is the recommendation. It's, you know, they, they make reference in this report to the arena planning strategy committee, which is the committee that predated the catalyst committee. And it was, it was just basically the real board and some other stakeholders in town. And they were tasked with coming up with a recommendation on what to do with the Brandt center and how to replace it. And they had conducted their own public consultation with a mysteriously like large population of people. It was like 8,000 and something people they consulted with for that report. And which amused, which I find odd because I'd never heard of it. I didn't know this, this consultation was going on. And I don't know anybody who did know that this consultation even happened, but apparently they, they polled 8,000 Reginans. I guess and we're not like, part of that cabalistic number. I guess the 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 elite eight thousand. Yeah, and that report came back with like ninety something percent support for the idea of replacing the Brandt Center, but it came back with only ten percent saying they thought that uh, an arena in the downtown was a good idea, and this tracks with everything else that's come up, every other survey, every other, like every other streeter, like you do in this city, people are like, why would you put an arena downtown? That's ridiculous. We've got like the real district, which is supposed to be for rec facilities. We've got like all this land on the yards that we own. Mm -hmm. We don't have to buy. Why would we buy a bunch of like overpriced downtown land that nobody wants to sell anyways? Cause you know, it's much more profitable to have a a parking lot, but Yeah. I think I think um, the one thing you're missing there is that like all like all of the people who are in favor of uh, of the arena like that's a hundred percent of the of the respondents who are in favor of the arena want to see it happen. So yeah, that, so that's a number I can get behind. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think like the eight thousand people, the ten percent of that eight thousand who said that they like the idea of that, they're probably the people who are on the uh, the arena planning strategy board. They were doing like the test answers on the online survey. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. So it's going to happen because they want it to happen. Uh, but they, interestingly, so that we, we had like three mystery locations downtown that it could, that it could land on. And uh, apparently the committee could not agree on a location. There was the preferred location that the arena planning strategy committee had, but then there were two more. And the arena, the uh, catalyst committee could not agree. So they're not advancing a recommendation. Even if they were, we wouldn't get to know it because this is all secret. But, oh my God, there's so much in this report. But they, uh, I don't know if this was like on purpose or on accident, but there is a table where they have like the list of how like each of the five, and in previously it had always been like, Location one, two, three, four, five, and four would be the yards, and five would be the real district, and they would always score the worst on their rubric. And then one, two, and three, the mystery downtown locations, would always score much better. Well, this time they actually put street names to these. So they had had the yards and the real district uh, noted there, but then they also had the number one winner was 12th Avenue, 
Okay. Followed by Broad Street and followed, and that was followed by Sass Drive. So those are the, somewhere on 12th, somewhere on Broad and somewhere on Sass Drive are where these locations are going to be. More interesting, they had some like demonstration photos scattered throughout this document. Several of them were artist renditions of what these arenas downtown would look like. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you could actually see where they were located. So there was one on 12th Avenue directly across the street to the north from the library. You can see the library sign in this artist rendering, and you can see this, uh, this arena to the north of it that has like incorporated those two heritage buildings on the corner. I think there's a Sask Sport in the old uh, school building. Oh, hold on one sec. Can I, can I do my bit? Oh, please. I am shocked. Shocked. I tell you. Okay. That's sorry to step on that bit. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) Put a little button on the bit. Shocked. Yeah. And so, yeah. And I think we talked about that as a possible location in our meetings. And yeah, that, uh, so that kind of confirms that the preferred location of the arena planning strategy committee was across the street from the main branch of the library. Uh, the Broad Street one, it looks like it would be between Broad and Rose. Um, I'm going to say down by 13th. Uh, the Love Plus parking lot. Oh, okay. A big parking lot there. There's, an, there's a Vietnamese yeah. restaurant, Love Plus, a doctor's office. So that parking lot, I think that's what it was. I wasn't 100% sure. Right across mm-hmm. the street to the west, there's a parking garage that you can see in this artist rendering. Okay. And then the SAS Drive one, I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't find right. a, a pick in there. So I don't know where on SAS Drive they were thinking, but it was third place. Interesting. So, I mean, yeah. bear in mind these are artist renderings. So yep. I, remember remember the uh the artist renderings of the uh the plaza uh yeah. in the early stages and, yeah. and the and the massive variation between, was- between the sort of the Victorian sort of promenade <laughs> that, yeah. they, that they envisioned and the sort of weird brutalist junkyard that the, that the plaza became. I don't know. Yeah, it was the big bait and switch of like, oh, nine. Like, I don't know what's going to happen here because the they do say that all of these uh, images are like artist renderings. So you would think they would do their best, right? Like they would make it look like awesome. What would you want on an arena? I would like sort of you know, rocket ships and um, terrariums and maybe like one of those like, you know, aquariums that's like suspended above the arena with like uh-huh. whales swimming yep. over top of your like hockey games. That's what oh, I would man. want. I would love that. Yeah. So if I was an artist rendering and I was like trying to sell an arena in a town like Regina, that's what I would be doing. I'd be like, it'd be deluxe. But the the pictures they have kind of look like just, well, like the one that's going to go on 12 kind of looks like a black blank slab frankly i look at it and i'm like if that's actually what they're thinking is like if they're thinking that's their like whimsical sales pitch version a whimsical slab (laughs) it might look fine on 12th avenue facing the library but it very much looks like just blank walls heading north of there that's kind of kind of disappointing give us the sort of weird georgia o'keefe like illustration that the you know that we get from taylor or mosaic stadium Exactly. For me, that was like the big surprise, right? That they just, and they've responded to the, you know, public feedback that says don't build an arena downtown. They responded to that by not including any of that data in the report, for one. <laughs> Seems not I mean, even in the, if, not even in 500 pages of appendices, they didn't include any of that. 
Well, I figure if, if you're going to, if you want to go ahead, if you're bound and determined to go ahead with an unpopular plan, just maybe don't just ignore the stuff that, that shows just how unpopular it is. Yeah. And they, they do make a, an oblique reference to it by saying that uh, after the consultations and the feedback that they've gotten on a, an arena downtown, that uh, this is an obstacle and that more education is necessary. Right. Communication, because this is what... This yeah. is always what, what organizations say when, they, when they're justifying an unpopular decision yeah. to themselves. To say, oh, we just have to communicate it, well, yeah. knowing full well that it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but because they weren't able to decide a location, uh, the recommendation actually says that they're going to have to like reevaluate all the locations, all the downtown locations. And uh, there is the possibility that the yards, the real district, will still be considered. But I think they're just going to keep like going in circles around these three locations downtown. You're listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR, tuned into the community. Other recommendations in the report, actually the first priority is going to be to build a uh, non-vehicular pathway system that links downtown to other amenities and other like sort of, you know, interesting spots around our core. Do we have any idea what this is going to look like or what they mean by pathway? Yeah, I think this is, there was a technical briefing today with some of the people from the committee and uh, they they basically said, this is what was promised for the Mosaic Stadium. It was supposed to be that we were supposed to get this like biking, walking trail between downtown and the real district so that you wouldn't like, so you could, so you didn't have to drive to a game. You could like park downtown or park near downtown and you could walk on this promenade. That would be like a nice, pleasant walking trail that would have like trees and would have like, um, I don't know, things to make it nice, benches and such like. (laughs) And it would link into a trail system that would also like, you know, go all the way around downtown so that it would actually connect to the Wisconsin trail system. So it's a nice idea and it would connect on both sides. So on the west hand side, it would connect up to the, uh, the Devonian Trail. And then to the south, on the east side of downtown, it would connect up with the uh, the Wisconsin Trail. Now we actually we actually kind of got money for this. I think this is why it was the number one recommendation. A few weeks ago, the federal government gave Regina three million dollars to build a non vehicular trail system as part of this uh, uh, transit funding, like mm-hmm. that we got. And so I think city administration was like, "Ooh, we've got this like windf- windfall to like." build, you know, walking trails. And they went to the Catalyst Committee and the Catalyst Committee had had this idea from the Arena Planning Strategy Committee to build trails. And so there's basically, we have the money, it's coming soon, we have to spend it right away. Right. So we may as well. Yeah. So, th- yeah, so that's why I think it's number one. Okay. And I think, yeah, I mean, that if, if there's anything good coming out of this, I do like the fact that they've integrated this, that there's, it indicates, I mean, not only is there money, there seems to be some will to do it, which... Yeah. So, yeah, that'll be the order of operations. It'll be the trail system first. Uh, The other one, and like engineering work, if this all gets passed, engineering work will begin right away. And then uh, construction will begin. I think, God, I think maybe even this season, they'll start construction. That would be the aquatic center. The recommendation for that is to build it at the Lawson. So at the Sportsplex site, which is where the current Lawson pool is. And this was... As much as people don't want an arena downtown, people absolutely want the indoor aquatic center at the sportsplex. So, yeah, that's the that's the main recommendation on the pool is to build it there. There, that comes with a caveat. 
they have detected contamination of the Taylor Field site. And so if it is determined by engineers that the site is too contaminated for a pool, they will move it to the clearly uncontaminated lands at the yards in the warehouse district. I'm, I'm actually curious what kind of contamination that they've detected. Like, um, I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Yeah, there was, uh, there was a Freon plant, like a, free, a small Freon factory on those lands at one point. And uh, the CP had some kind of buildings there. So there is some kind of like soil contamination there on the south side of the Taylor Field lands. So uh, Freon is good enough to refrigerate our food, but not good enough to swim in. Okay. Yeah. I see how it works. Uh, yeah. See, this concerns me because I've noticed, like, especially with like heritage things, that if there's something that the powers that be want to have happen and the public really hates it, there's going to be an engineer to say what the public wants is impossible. So mm-hmm. it does concern me that there is this like caveat that says, well, we can just go back to our original recommendation of putting the pool at the yards if we find contamination at the site, because I'm not a hundred percent sure that um, I'm, you know, I'm less convinced that this is uh, a lock to go in at the loss. And now, so I'm deeply suspicious really. Well, if they're going to put it at the yards, they better, it better make sure not to look for any potential contamination. Yeah. Because I think if you're looking for it, you'll find it there. Yeah. And they've already done the environmental work at the mm-hmm. yard. So like yep. they know that it's contaminated. Right. From there, so then the next the next priority, the third priority would be the library. And the recommendation there is to go with technically the catalyst committee is not making this decision. They're saying do what the library board wants, which is to tear down and rebuild the central branch library at its current location downtown. And then the fourth priority would be the arena, the multi-purpose arena, mm-hmm. and which you know we've just talked about. As for the soccer and baseball fields, uh, the Catalyst Committee decided these aren't really Catalyst projects, that they don't, um, they're not going to be in use often enough. They don't get like enough visitors. Um, they really aren't a Catalyst project. They're not going to like drive enough economic activity. And so they should just be treated like regular recreation facilities through the regular recreation process. Right. Curiously, they have a feasibility study now for that that came from uh, the outdoor I can't remember the name, but it's like the multi-purpose outdoor uh, field committee. And they recommended uh, getting on this right away, building these facilities within the next three years and building them on the Taylor field site and not putting the pool there, which I thought some stones on this, you know, baseball and soccer committee to be saying, yeah, we know everybody wants the pool at the Taylor field site, but that's where we want to put our baseball diamonds. So you're just going to have to move. You may get a million visitors a year, but baseball. Right. So this isn't a catalyst project, but baseball. Yeah. Okay. So, and that was the original arena planning strategy committee recommendation was put the soccer and baseball on the Taylor field site and put the pool at the yards and put the arena downtown. So the original Mm. recommendation is kind of reflected darkly in sort of the, the back in the background of all these recommendations, even though, you know, They've re- they've changed course on the pool officially, and they've downgraded the uh, the baseball and uh, soccer facilities. Wow! Yeah, 
Now I see as through a glass darkly. Oh, God. Other interesting elements in here, The um, they are recommending, and this is not one of the 21 recommendations, but they're recommending setting up a municipal land development corporation that would oversee all of this uh, catalyst development and would, and the, the cashment that they would like be handing to this uh, land development corporation would be all of the catalyst lands plus all of the warehouse district, plus all of downtown. And so any city-owned land there would be governed by this municipal land corporation. Mm-hmm. I've advocated for municipal land corporation in the past because I just think the city should be trying to make money off of its land more better, like buying land, selling land, use it to fund our housing options, operations. Different um, and alternate source of revenue aside from you know, property taxes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how much power. I mean, obviously, maybe the city can't do it, so they have to set up a corporation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But no, see, like, this is one of the things that I'm concerned about is that, first of all, we, not we, the council passed a resolution to give real, uh, if, if council needs somebody to negotiate land purchases or sales anywhere in the city, they've, they've got this like, memorandum of understanding or like they've passed a legislation empowering real to do this for them. So real, you know, is already set up to become like at the, you know, the drop of a hat, a municipal land corporation. Uh, This, this municipal land corporation would have its own board of directors and within their area, they would be like making decisions about things like where we should put trees. How do we do public you know, beautification, mm-hmm. uh, it would be, and then, you know, any tax lift that came from, uh, any land that they developed that would go into their coffers to do more, you know, land stuff. So it'd almost be like, like a city within a city, Aiden. Whoa. And so I don't know, like, I mean, I used to think this was a great idea, but now I'm like, just, I, I'd be curious. I want to know who would be on this board of directors before you hand off sort of like the development of the core of the city to them. And, you know, what, how would they be governed and uh, how much public input would there be in their decisions? Because do you think you and I would be on the board of directors? You know, we keep putting our names forward for these things. It just mm-hmm. never seems to happen. So I'm doubtful. It's weird because our, vol- like our, our output of recommendations, uh, solid recommendations for improvement. Yeah. I mean, it's probably, it's unprecedented. And yet. Yep. So anyways, that's kind of the Catalyst Committee report in a nutshell, although it is like 170 pages and it did take, it took me hours to wade through it. It will be going to executive committee this week, uh, which will have happened after this airs, but it will be coming up. So for anybody who's listening to this, that executive committee meeting is in your past, but the council Mm. meeting is in your future. Wow. Yeah. Mind blown. Yeah. So the council meeting will be coming up and people will have an opportunity to like make presentations at that. They will have made presentations at executive committee, although people had very short notice. The report was released on Friday. If you wanted to speak at executive committee meeting, you had to have your name in the hat by Monday at noon. So it didn't give a lot of people a lot of time to sort of rally on this. And then the decision will be made, uh, but ultimately by council. I think part of the rush here is that if we want to apply for the infrastructure funding for the pool, that has to be done like mid-March, I think. I can't remember the date, but it is March. So this, and even though we're basically right back to implementing the recommendations of the pool committee, uh, that they, their report was done back in July. Um, 
we're right back to that recommendation now. Uh, we're going to be rushing, scrambling to get this uh, application for federal money in before, you know, whatever it is, March something or other. So if this decision gets held up, you know, this puts $138 million in jeopardy. So I think that's why they had to get this out on the Friday, get it into like the committee process right, right, right away. Because they've, they've, this report from the Catalyst Committee was supposed to come in December, then it was supposed to come in January, and then it was supposed to come in mid-February. And it came out February 25th. So, so late February. I mean, yeah. 170 pages plus appendices. Okay. Yep. They've, they've, put, in, they've put in the page work. Yep. Yep. The the one addition to the pool, though, uh, I forgot to mention, was that they have recommended exploring putting a geothermal on it, so that it wouldn't it would be like a big capital cost up front, but it would basically pay for itself over a number of years mm-hmm. because the uh, pool would no longer. Because apparently, there's like a hot wa- or warm water aquifer on Taylor Field that they would be able to draw geothermal power from. So. Now I took a, I took a brief look at some of the recommendations. Uh-huh. Um, there, there are a couple that um, a couple that I found concerning. Uh, one, or look, not concerning so much as perhaps eye rolling. I, I don't know how to put it. Uh, one, one was the recommendation about uh, have it, making sure it fits in with Regina's uh, net zero yeah. policy. Um, you can't build huge amounts of infrastructure and have it net zero. Yeah, like that's. Like there's offsets, but offsets are are, are kind of a particular brand of nonsense, yeah. and feel feel like the uh, always feels like the calculations you do when you want something really badly that's expensive, so you justify it in your head until finally you can arrive at a calculation. That, yeah, that, that's satisfying. Um, but so that so I looked at that. And I, no, it will not be net. But thank you for thank yeah. you for saying so. Thank you for paying tribute. Uh, and the other. Thing that gave me some pause was the idea that it's going to be this whole project overall is going to take a 15 year 20 year time span yeah and i know regina politics well enough to know that anything that far into the future may as well that's a really good point yeah i mean I'll, i mean if if they can if they can pull off a project that long, i mean of that time frame then our city is run by the benny jesserit i mean that's <laughs> That's all there is to it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a really good point. Because let's say, we don't know this, but let's say they decide that, you know, it's not technically a catalyst project, but we're going to say we're going to put the soccer field at the mm-hmm. yards, but it's 20 years out. That's a generation uh, yeah. longer of the yards being empty. Yeah. Which seems to me, I, I don't know. I just find that, I, I find it so unlikely, especially since our yeah. city is so good at making plans. And then after a few years coming up with all, other plans. Yeah. I mean, and it's not just, and it's not necessarily the fault of, of our city. It's mm-hmm. just that 15, 20 years is a long time. And yeah. who knows what's going to happen in the next 15 to 20 years? Who knows what might make, you know, the building of infrastructure well nigh impossible yeah. within that time frame? Uh, or who knows what better idea might come along in that? So, yeah. I mean, the trail, the walking trail, like the walking or trail. Glad that's happening. Um, you know, if we're going to get a new aquatic center, I know that people really want that um, because you know, Regina, we we need we need like we need more water things. Yeah. So, but for the longer term stuff, I just don't. I'll believe it when I see. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, yeah. Well, I, and I guess we we start to see now. 
Right. The, the, the committee's done. We'll start to see if they're actually going to like what, if, what actually is going to happen and what, you know, I've got like suspicions that there's stuff going on in the background and that there's going to be like money announcements or, you know, funding surprises right. that, uh, you know, are private at present and that some things may happen that uh, will get the ball rolling on some of these projects, but who knows? I guess we're going to find out in the coming days. But anyways, I was just going to say we should go to Innovative Revenue Tools. And then when we come back, um, I think we should just play. I've got the that technical briefing that was held at the City Hall. I was just going to play some of that, uh, some of the question and answer that happened there about the Catalyst Committee. Okie doke. Sounds good to me. You're listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR. Coming up, we're going to play a portion of the question and answer section with press at the Catalyst Committee technical briefing from February 28th. Answering questions are the co-chairs of the Catalyst Committee, Real CEO Tim Reed and City Councilor Bob Hawkins. Asking questions are members of your Queen City Press Corps. Enjoy. I'm going to assume that everybody's had the opportunity to see them. There are 21 recommendations of the committee. I think it was a challenging process for the committee to get to 21 recommendations, but I think it was also one that we landed on with unanimous consent and that the committee is proud of and that they're comfortable with. Ultimately, these evolved over time, and I would suggest there was many points throughout the process of the Catalyst Committee where the ability to achieve consensus was a struggle. We would be delighted to take any questions. We want to recognize the incredible number of hours that every member of the committee put into this, the hard work of the administration at the City of Regina for providing feedback, participation on behalf of the public, and most importantly, the opportunity that it is to submit this document. I think it's imperative to understand that the work of the Catalyst Committee has essentially been completed. Council will have to decide what they choose to do with this. But I think just because this document is submitted doesn't mean that we start digging holes in the ground tomorrow. I think this is another tool in the planning process and hopefully a tool that combines five very independent planning processes in a greater city discussion. We welcome any questions. I guess just first off, um, with respect to the trail, if there wasn't a, a dollar figure attached to it, but would you be able to speculate or give us some indications to what dollar figure would be attached to that and much as we've had economic benefit from these other projects? you elaborate a little bit on what that non-behavior trail might look like? What am I mean by the city? I'll speak I can speak specifically. You can go ahead. Um, my recollection is about $10 million, is it? And we've raised about $3 million. I think that those are my recollections, but you go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So there's there's the detail on it essentially was concept of three phases. First phase that would take you from downtown along Sass Drive, well, north of Sass Drive, uh, to the real district. Second phase essentially would take you from the downtown core to connect with Scana. And the third phase would essentially enhance the existing walking trail system that, that is on the west side of the city. Uh, the investment was about $10 million as the cost of the trail system. However, there was an additional $10 million for um, points of interest. So whether those were the environmental demonstration projects, wind capture, water pressure, water capture, solar, uh, indigenous um, storytelling, or historical mapping, Essentially, there was a slew of things that we considered. Essentially, the trail itself cost about $10 million. The addition of the amenities and the points of interest along the way was about $10 million. So lump sum over three phases, it was about a $20 million project. 
um, that was phased into three phases. And so there was some design concept. Ultimately, the economic impact is, is was more challenging to measure, but it was about connecting all of these elements. And we do think that the trail system should align with essentially the timing of catalyst projects going forward. Can I ask a follow-up on that question? Sure. Uh, the city recently accepted $3 million in like federal money for uh, transit shortfall. There was mention of a non-vehicular trail. Is this the same $3 million that uh, Council Hawkins has spoken of? Yes. And will it, will the construction of this trail, would this be integrated in some way into the Sastrad Corridor project? Uh, the answer to that question is yes. The SAS Drive corridor is part of the trail. If we went back to the slide, you'd see that the trail runs along SAS Drive. The interesting thing about the trail is that for each component in the trail, it can be walked in about 15 minutes, and SAS Drive is one of the components. I may actually suggest that it probably offers more benefit running parallel to the development of a new aquatic center. Um, how does that integrate? The perspective is it should push north of the track, is I think is our perspective. And I'll also comment on you know, the ability to have a concept, even though it was what you saw, and to respond to federal, federal funding when it was available. So because we had a plan, we were able to go from a plan to a proposal for funding, which ultimately was received by the federal government, supported and approved by council. So I think it, what it does highlight is you don't have to build everything that you propose in this. But if you have a plan that we can submit when funding becomes available, we received a $3 million win that will be a connected trail that if we weren't planned, we simply would not have gone. And I underline that point. So sometimes government money becomes available quickly and they want an application quickly. Unless you're shovel ready and can pull it down off the shelf, you'll lose the opportunity. And I think that for all of these catalyst projects through time, one of the reasons we needed to do this planning exercise was so that we could be we could be shovel ready. Same with the university, I think, in its projects. So the process around that is it as it walked forward, because I think it's important to understand. City of Regina reached out to Bob and myself to, to ask if uh, they had we had projects that would fit in various funding packages. One of them that we felt did apply was the connected trail system. We felt that the committee was in a place of consensus at that time that uh, this was something that everybody agreed on. We we assembled essentially the the planning documents. The city presented it to the funding agents, and, and it was approved. And so really good example of if you have a plan, money falls from the sky, we as the city of Regina should be in a place to grab it because there is money out there. We just need to be planned in order to access it. With, with respect to the aquatic center, there's just one discrepancy that I want to clear up. Uh, with respect to the application for ISA funding, the $128 million that's remaining from that, the agenda item describes – the cost of the aquatic center being $160 million, but then the catalyst report describes being a $172 million project. Is that inflation or what is what is going on that discrepancy? So the, probably the easiest way to say it is there was a, a small, medium, and large aquatic center that was proposed or a cheap, moderate, and expensive version of it. Um, and so there, there are three numbers that you'll see in public realm. One is essentially a highly reduced scale, a moderate scale, and one that's more expensive. In addition to that, we're also layering in a concept that is the cost of inflation uh, over the last year is not insignificant. It's you know upwards of $20 million. And so if you build it all, it's the $172 million. If you, you build somewhere in the middle, it's the 146 escalated to 166. Um, but there is a small, medium, large. Our perspective as a catalyst committee is that we should look at the, the moderate 
to complete project package for the new aquatic center. There is a need in our city and with aging infrastructure, as well as a commitment to decommission the Lawson and some risk around the existing assets at the U of R, um, we should consider something that's probably more significant for the next 50 years of our city. With respect to the former Taylor Field site, is there a degree of contamination on the land? Is there anything that's specifically precluding building right here now or trying to do something with that land? We know that uh, we know that the environmental studies uh, have to take place. They're just beginning. Uh, we know that particularly near the tracks, there's going to be some contamination. We have to get to the bottom of that. And indeed, it's true for all of the catalyst projects. One of the things the city has to get on with very quickly is finding out where contamination is and doing the remedial work. We just can't go forward without it. Yeah, I would suggest that when the, the RRI program that was brought forward in 2011 or 2010 was staged, it was intended to sequence the stadium. And it wasn't about a capital or, you know, a commercial development. It was actually just, we're going to build a stadium. It didn't talk about the catalyst impact. And I think that's one of our learnings is we built this great stadium, but we didn't talk about how it catalyzed these things. The sequencing was essentially that we would uh, develop the yards and then we would develop Taylor Field. And so because of that, we have not done the environmental assessments at Taylor Field. Through this process, what we did learn is the historical use suggests that there was likely a Freon factory and a Creosote factory on those lands. Now, that sounds really bad, but they're easy to isolate that, and we just don't know. And so, as Councillor Hawkins suggested, you know, our recommendation is some of this is impossible to guess at because you may say that you want to put a, an event center somewhere, but if that site is contaminated, and as we've learned from other jurisdictions, you know, those are 20, 30, 50, 100 million dollars reclamation process projects. And so without it, we couldn't answer. So our recommendation is go punch some holes, understand what the soil conditions are right away and decide how we advance it. But we don't know. And that was actually part of the challenge in making some of our decisions. Uh, sorry to take over. I've got just one more and then I'll have it off somebody else. Specifically with respect to the arena being recommended to be built downtown, it, it seemed like overwhelmingly from the survey that people were not in favor of it. It seemed like in terms of where people wanted it, it was a real district, keeping on the current parcel, yards, and then 10% of the respondents wanted it to be downtown. It seemed like people also do not want it to be <coughs> bundled in or adjacent to the central library. So I guess despite that degree of public consultation, public feedback, and what I see as being a very clear you know, motivation from the public or a very clear message from the public that isn't what they want, why did the community decide to still recommend that as uh, both location and uh, adjacency to the library? Uh, there's two parts to this. Um, in terms of, of building downtown, if the arena is to have a catalyzing effect, its best chance of doing that, maybe its only real chance of doing that, is if it's downtown. So one of the things the Catalyst Committee had to say was, put the arena downtown, that's going to attract commercial activity around the arena. That's going to, if it's located properly, relate to other projects, Catalyst downtown. So the idea of putting it downtown was imperative because it's connected with the idea of being a Catalyst. You'll note that in a number of Canadian cities, uh, arenas have been moved or built downtown. Saskatoon is talking about bringing its arena back downtown. London, Ontario, arena downtown. In that case, it had a huge catalyzing effect downtown. So the reason for putting the arena downtown is 
because of the importance of the need to activate our downtown. We haven't done a very good job of it. We're, we're struggling downtown. We lost ground in the last couple of years downtown. We simply have to deal with that problem. And the Catalyst Committee was seen as one way of, uh, one way of dealing with that problem. The second part of your question is why didn't we recommend a specific site? Well, the answer is because there's a whole variety of possible sites. We need to understand where the arena should best be located for uh, catalyst reasons. Uh, are there financial implications? Are there land assembly implications? We didn't want to trigger by naming a site land speculations. So the recommendation is twofold. Put it downtown, but more work needs to be done in determining an exact location. Yeah, and maybe just adding a few specifics to that. The math on on catalyst projects are relatively simple. Essentially draw a three kilometer radius around any building that you choose to build in a location. And that, that is essentially the, the impact from a taxable benefit in a private investment. The only place in our city where we have that the greatest level of density is downtown. And so every time you drew those radiuses, particularly within a one kilometer node of a potential investment, the tax implications are just best downtown. I think the committee did recognize the fact that you know, the impacts of COVID-19 on our downtown have been significant and we need to focus on downtown because it, it needs to help. The last piece I would recognize is part of the reason that the committee is suggesting that you evaluate all sites was because I think they did hear the public sentiment was we need to take another look at this. We need to respect heritage facilities. We need to respect the park facilities. And there are some assemblies of lands downtown that might be more opportune. So in short, from a catalyst perspective, if you understand, you know, a one to three kilometer radius around any one of these buildings, the only place that you get a maximum amount of lift is downtown. The second piece, I think, was very much on the feedback from the public of making sure that we explore options. And I think that was a recommendation of the committee. I wanted to ask about the aquatic center. Uh, you've obviously, uh, the recommendation is to put it at the, the existing loss of site with the option to move it to the yards if, if it doesn't work out. You've mentioned before that the federal ICIP funding, it's, it requires Regina to have it sited at a location. If, if it has to move to the yard site or somewhere else, would the ICIP funding still apply? Would we still get that? That's a great question. So part of this, the, having had the opportunity to, to meet with eight ministers uh, about funding for all of these projects and talk to about you know what was important, I will say I think the overarching catalyst plan has interest not only federally but also provincially. I think it makes sense and they like the cohesiveness of it. So big picture wise, that was greatly appreciated. Um, I think it's imperative to be clear. Our position on this is build the new aquatic center at the Lawson. Submit that within your ISAP application and move as quickly as you can because of the cost of escalation to dig a hole and get kids swimming in a new aquatic center really quickly. And so I think the only condition is if we found some very unique found condition, which would be a low probability, that we would look at alternatives. And so I think our perspective on this is build it at the Lawson. You know, build it there. Use it as a catalyst for the Taylor Field lands because there's about seven acres of land available uh, and leverage the high activation of the site. So, yes, I think you always need a backup plan, but I think it's a very low possibility. And, and I think all of our energy and what we're recommending to council is put all your energy and your ISAP application into the development of a new facility at Taylor Field and make that the decision. You're listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR, tuned into the community. And if you're just tuning in with us, we're playing a portion of the question and answer with press at the Catalyst Committee's technical briefing. Real CEO Tim Reed and Councillor Bob Hawkins are your question answerers. 
ask a couple questions about the area. Uh, so you, in the report on page 128, you mentioned you have a need for external grants of $109 million, roughly. Yes. Do you have reason to believe that there would be that sum of money available from the provincial and federal government? Yeah, it's a great question. So two, two pieces, and I, I can say through this process, you know, we've had the opportunity to meet with both the province as well as the federal government in a number of, of scenarios. Um, from a provincial level, I think there's a recognition that both Regina and Saskatoon are actively looking to replace the aged infrastructure. Well, my perspective is that's probably a good thing for us because I can't imagine they're going to spend money in Regina that they don't spend in Saskatoon, and I can't imagine they're going to spend money in Saskatoon that they don't spend in Regina. And so the general consensus is um, come to us with a plan, come to us with a location, come to us with timing and sequencing of where where this should happen. And, and we're receptive to a conversation. So I would say provincially, I think there's an openness and a willingness to have that conversation. From a federal perspective, uh, generally, arena projects are not well-funded. And so when you look across the country, those projects are, are uh, particularly when it looks at pro facilities that would have professional or deemed semi-professional sport in it. So the Regina Patsel, they're not a professional hockey team, would at a federal level be deemed semi-professional sport. And so it's li less likely there. However, the flip side is the existing age of the Brandt Center and the inefficiency of it actually positions it fairly well for some of the green building funds that exist federally. And so although it's not necessarily about the activity of an arena, it's about the fact that the one we have right now is so old and inefficient, it does tie into a number of packages. So we've talked federally, we've talked provincially, there's an appetite for a conversation. Certainly, I believe that $109 million is a big number. Um, but I don't think it is with outside of the scope of what anybody would expect. And I think ultimately the future of a, a modernized brand center would be dependent upon those funds coming in. Before we go online, I was going to check Corinne or John, do you have any questions? Or Paul, did you have a follow-up? Oh, I have so, so many follow-ups. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We'll get you no, no, no. We're happy to stay. Yeah. Yeah, we we'll stay as long we'll as see if anyone online has a question. Um, well, can I just ask about acquisition of land downtown? Because that has traditionally been a huge stumbling block for any project taking off downtown. We have an enormous amount of parking lots downtown that nobody has been able to sort of inspire the development of. Those landowners have been unwilling for decades to sell that land. I'm wondering how you're going to overcome that reticence of landowners to just pony up property they haven't been willing to sell for decades for this, and also are we going to be paying a premium on land? Like, are we going to be able to get this at market rates? Yeah, I, I think I'd start with a comment about you know, our downtown needs focus. And, and, and when you look at the various projects as a catalyst committee, you know, there's a Scarth Street project, there's a library project, there's an arena project, there's numerous heritage projects, there's park projects, there's uh, mass transit projects. Many of them are, are being considered almost in independent silos. And so I think one of our takeaways is the ability to pull these discussions together will get us to a better place. And, and we simply can't continue to have those. You know, one project is not com completely segregated from the other ones. And so I would start by saying there's a lot of opportunity in our downtown and there is a lot of need for us to be successful with that opportunity. The assembly of land to your comment is punishing downtown. If you look at major buildings, whether that's a library or you look at a major building such as an arena or anything else we may want to consider, most of those need assembly of land of three to four acres. 
which are very complex packages to assemble. You can do a simple land registry and understand that there's only a handful of sections of land that you could actually assemble in downtown. I think if you look at other jurisdictions, that's the biggest challenge they have. We do, however, have a lot of parking. I know that parking is a debate we love to have in the city of Regina, and I actively get beat up on it on a regular basis. They're real. Truth of the matter is, is there are there are better ways to move people in cities, and and I think other cities have done this. We need to recognize that reality is probably coming our way as, as Regina, um, but that does give us all the opportunity to start to assemble land. And so, yes, um, the assembly of land will be particularly difficult. I think it's actually why we need to be active within it. We need to start having those conversations versus you know, just concepts at this point. And the risk with it is if developers feel that they can charge the city a premium, they likely will. Um, flip side to it is most of those individuals that have land in the downtown are likely the ones that would benefit the most from a million visitors a year. And so the exchange in this is this truly offers a public-private benefit. If we can find that common ground, I think reasonableness will ensue. But if we can't, I think land assembly will be particularly challenging and actually may force the decision of the arena uh, into other parts of the city. You know, the, the great ability that the city has to negotiate is, truthfully, we have a large section of land that could receive a an arena at the yards, and we have a large section of land that could receive an arena at the real district. Heck, for that matter, you could do it at Taylor Field. And so uh, we are in a fortunate place to negotiate because I think if you're a downtown entrepreneur or owner, you likely want that asset downtown. So I think you have to be fair. I just add that uh, this is the kind of work that a municipal land development corporation would engage in so that we would have a vehicle by which we could uh, do the negotiating, do the assembly for these projects. Any follow-up questions? Uh, Councillor Hawkins, you mentioned the Municipal Land Development Corporation. Um, I guess I'm curious, like, is this a done deal? And what, like, what is the timeline on that if, if it's going to happen? It's not a done deal. It's a recommendation, okay. a unanimous recommendation from the Catalyst Committee to City Council. City Council will have to decide whether it wants to do it, what the shape of it will look like. Uh, the Catalyst reports uh, gives comparisons of what's done in other cities. So not a done deal, but uh, something for council to consider. Council already gave a lot of, uh, created an option for Real to take a lot, take on a lot of that land development role. Would Real be taking on this municipal land development corporation? I think, I think it's just premature to speculate. I, the, that, the discussion of how the Municipal Land Development Corporation gets set up. If it gets set up, uh, that's something that will have to be worked out. Are you looking for more work? <laughs> Not these days. Uh, no, I, and I actually think I'll comment on behalf of Real if I can. I think part of our learning lessons through going through this catalyst committee is it's just the amount of work that it's made. You know, and I, I want to recognize the work that the city does this on a daily basis, but it does add a huge amount of work. And, um, you know, from trying to manage process to trying to draft the material, you know, recognizing these are big documents are important documents. I think from a real perspective, you know, the business of sports entertainment events and culture gatherings is, is not easy these days. And so as, as our focus becomes distracted from our core business, that's a challenge for us. So, you know, I don't think we're actively chasing at the end of the day, if council tells us we're going to do something. I think we'll have, we'll, we'll have a debate with them, but I, I will say, I think the Catalyst Committee recognized that we have an incredible opportunity in land downtown. There's most cities in Canada would just dream, would salivate over what we have, and we need to make the most of it. And so whether that's internal to the city or finding another agency, 
there, there may be a better way to do this, and we should explore that. I'd be remiss if I didn't say how grateful the city is to Tim, to the board of, of Real Corporation. Uh, they've helped us and guided us through this whole process. It's been invaluable assistance, tremendous work, tremendous skill they brought. We're very grateful to Tim and to Real as a whole. So just to be clear, the Municipal Land Development Corporation, that wasn't one of the 21 recommendations. So specifically, you said that it was unanimously recommended by the committee. I'm just unclear about what you meant by that. Sorry, the, uh, it is not one of the recommendations. The position of the committee is that we have to find a better way to advance land. And so I, I forget what recommendation is. There. Find, find a new approach to land development is one of the recommendations. I don't think we felt a, a municipal land corp was the right one. Essentially, we explored whether you build it in the city, you build a third-party entity, or you find another way. We just have to advance these sections of land better than we are today. So it wasn't related to a land code, but it was you know, the, the recommendation of the committee is let's evaluate what we're doing and see if we can do this better than we are today. Before I let everyone go, if you're looking for the slide presentation, the deck will be on Be Heard Regina. With that, are there, if there's no more questions, we'll let the counselor and Jim head up. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for coming out. And that was uh, a recording of the technical briefing that was held on February 28th at Regina City Hall with uh, uh, Catalyst Committee members Tim Reed from Real and Councillor Bob Hawkins. I'm sorry I missed all of that. I was uh, doing yoga. Good for you. Yeah. 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 And uh, when I'm doing yoga, I, uh, I stop up my ears in order to better concentrate. On, on what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, this was kind of like rationalization yoga that the uh, yes. committee was doing. So I, <laughs> I feel like my credulity was stretched. To right. It's fully it's and thoroughly. Credulity yoga. There we go. Yes. Yeah. Credulity. Uh, but I will, I will actually give it a listen and uh, not doing yoga, but like being ears open listening. Okay. But on that note, we should probably get moving. All right. Uh, I move to adjourn. I second that motion. In that case, motion is passed and the meeting is adjourned. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Tune into the community. Your hosts are Paul Chen and Aid Morgan. That last one's me. Uh, you can find us, oh, obviously, on the radio broadcast 7 to 8 p.m. on Thursday evenings. And we broadcast Monday afternoons, 3 to 4 p.m. Uh, also uh, on cgtr.ca and on Twitter at QueenCityIB and our website, QueenCityIB.com. Uh, music, by the way, that you heard at the beginning was a theme from Guidewire, a.k.a. Ryan Hill. Uh, yeah, up next, we got music uh, and programming all through the night. Uh, and it's glorious. That's it. Keep on improving, Jack.